all these people that bailed out. And uh, so anyway, we're going to have a service from there. We'll be telling you about that coming up. So um, uh, today, uh, Exodus chapter 4, um, let me give you the... Um, let me give you the setting. Let's get, get oriented where we are in the story. So Moses uh, has had his encounter with the burning bush where he's, God's called him. He had been a shepherd um, for 40 years. He had 40 years of training in Egypt. And, and then he killed the Egyptian. The Pharaoh wanted his life. He flees out into the desert, finds uh, some shepherd girls, gets water for them. They take him to the house. The dad says, I think this one would be good for you. They get married, and he becomes a wandering shepherd for 40 years. Then he goes and has a burning bush experience, and God calls him, and he tries to get out of it. He, he talks about why he's not qualified, and he doesn't speak well. And uh, by the way, how many of you know that um, it's way it's way more important the kind of person you are than how well you speak. You know, there's a proverb in that. There's a proverb that says, a proverb in the mouth of a fool are like limbs that don't work on your body. Think about it. Now, you ever heard a person talking? real? I was talking to a young man. He's helping in our student ministry, and he's getting involved, and he's doing some presentations at work. And he, he said, you know, I want to know about your, your you know, experience learning to, to do this, to speak up front, because he has to do it at work now. And I, I said, the most important thing that you can do is be sincere. I said, they'll forgive a lot of stuff if you're sincere, but they can smell insincerity just like that, right? So care about what you're saying, you know? And, uh, you know, Vicki started uh, getting involved with our women's Bible study. I, I kind of I kind of forced her to do it, to be honest with you, but anyway... Uh, <laughs> Reluctantly, she's willing to agree and comply. And she said, I don't know how to speak up there, you know, like Moses. And I said, you know what? You just be yourself and be sincere. And you know what? It always comes through the best. And I think what Moses was, he was focused on the wrong stuff. It's not, it's not about how you deliver your words. What it's about is your heart comes through when you're speaking. And that's what God was telling Moses. So... He's getting ready. Exodus 4, 18. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law. We're going to encounter Jethro a few times. And he said to him, um, let, he's had the burning bush experience. God's called him. And so he's got to break it to his father-in-law, who he's been you know, probably the right-hand man running the family uh, shepherding enterprise for 40 years. Let me go back uh, to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are alive. Now, it's not really given the whole story, I'd say. But he comes to his father-in-law basically to say, I, I need to go back to Egypt. A few things I think about here. One of them is this. Mo Jethro becomes for Moses in this story kind of his uh, mentor, his good voice, the guy he could listen to, the guy he could trust, an adopted father, his father-in-law. Now, you don't get to pick your parents, um, but you can pick 
You can pick the people around you that can influence your life. Pharaoh was um, like uh, the father that he didn't want. He's the father that he didn't want. And it was this tug of war between Pharaoh and now he's his father of choice, or you could say, oh, we use this father figure of choice. That's very powerful because that's what we do. What us humans do, whether you recognize it or whether you realize it or not, is we pick father figures or mother figures or mentors. We pick them. So what does Charlie do now? She's four. She imitates everything that she sees around her, especially stuff that she thinks is cool. You know, princesses are cool, you know, things like that. And so she dances like them. She dresses like them. And if she sees something on a TV, and, and she'll, see, she'll immediately want to run to the closet and change to dress just like this person. And it's cute because she's four, but the reality is, us that are 40 or whatever you are, we do the exact same thing. We're just not as obvious. In other words, we pick somebody that we think, this is, this is the way to do it. And Jethro becomes that person for Moses. And we will see why he's always guiding him in a good place. Jethro says, go, I wish you well, go in peace. And the Lord said to Moses in Midian, go back to Egypt for all the men who wanted to kill you are dead. The reason he fled Egypt was because he was a wanted man. He had killed that Egyptian and they're all dead now. Now, let's set this, the stage of what we're, the superstructure of this story. To me, this is much more than a story about a guy named Moses who was leaving and, and taking people to a, a specific land. This is a story for you and for me. This is your journey, and this is my journey. What's the journey? You're leaving a place of bondage, captivity, and God is taking you, God is leading you, God is leading me to a promised land, what Jesus called the abundant life. From fear and bondage to freedom and fulfillment. That's the journey of life. That's the great journey. This is a story of the great journey and how you make it. How do you make this journey? Well, you have to leave the old life behind. Turns out leaving the old life behind is not that easy. As we're going to see, Pharaoh is very stubborn. We'll see here, he says, he hardened his heart. It's hard to change your life. Why? Why is it hard for any of us to change? Well, because we're people of patterns, right? And we talked about this before. You have these little grooves in your head that you think the same way, in the same pattern. And to break that, this, the, whole, the whole thing that we're going to get into is the, what it takes to break Pharaoh. What Pharaoh, don't think of Pharaoh as an external figure. Think of Pharaoh as the patterned thinking, broken thinking in your head. All right? Now, I know what you think is you think somebody next to you has broken thinking. Right? But what you have to realize is you have your own broken thinking. And to, to get out of that stranglehold, it's going to take a lot of work. Um, you ever try to help somebody with an addiction? And everyone can see it, but who? 
but them. Right? And, and that's because that's the way it works. We protect ourselves. We protect our flawed thinking. And it takes something to kind of set you free. And so Moses is going to be the deliverer. Moses is going to be the one that sets them free, that fights the battle with Pharaoh. There will be a battle to change your life. There will be a battle. Pharaoh doesn't just lay down. Your old way of thinking doesn't just lay down. It's a struggle. Anybody here ever try to change your eating habits? How'd that go? It's a struggle, man. And one of the things that we do sometimes is we try to bite off more than, well, oh, that was good, bite off more than we can chew. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, you have to think about this. Moses needed to wait until they were all dead. If he went back early, they were going to kill him. We'll use extreme addiction for an example first. Extreme addiction. I'll use extreme, extreme chemical addiction. Extreme chemical addiction, mostly, most people, you can't go cold turkey. You'll die. I'm talking extremes here. Don't, don't email me. I know you're an expert, but whatever. You, you, you'll die. So you, you can't go. You've got to wait till these guys are dead. Moses, they're dead now. Now you can begin. His... Moses, 40 years is a detox. And to really change your life, you have to detox. 40 years in the desert to detox the way he thought. To really change your life, you have to, you have to, you have to detox. And it's not a coincidence that you have these 40-day periods, you know, like Lent and things like that, where that's not a coincidence, there are things, if you take them seriously, they can really alter your life. You know, I'm going to change this. I'm going to alter this. But most of the change that happens in our life is incremental. And that's the important thing to think about. So they're dead. Now we can make some progress. So Moses took his wife and his sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt. We're ready. Let's go. He gets the family Let's go face Pharaoh. He's finally convinced in his heart. So he gets started back to Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders that I have given you to do. But I will harden his heart so he won't let the people go. This is so tough. I want to say something to you if you're trying to make positive change in your life. It's going to be hard. This is telling us it's just going to be hard. So just know that. Don't get discouraged. Whoever, who beat yourself up here, like, man, I'm such a, uh, that's not going to help. You tell yourself up front, this is going to be hard. That old Pharaoh is stubborn. Right? It's going to be hard. And you're going to get, make a little progress, and then you're going to, pulled back. They say three steps forward, two steps back. This is how change happens in our life. And so he says, I'm, I'm going to harden his heart. Then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, Israel, my firstborn son. Israel is my firstborn son. 
He said, I want you to go tell Pharaoh, those people belong to me. They're like my children, my firstborn son. The whole group of them. And I want you to let them go. But you will refuse, so I will kill your firstborn son. This is kind of interesting. This is leading up to what we're going to get to as the, the last of the plagues, where the firstborn is killed in the house. And then there's the Passover, which we're going to get to all of that. Great timing for Easter. Then something really interesting happens. And I was going to go past this passage because it's so confounding at times. But I said, no, I think there's something in this for, for us today. So let me read it. Don't freak out. And then I'll try to explain it. Sometimes you read the Bible, you just freak out. Then you've never read it. I swear, if your hand's not up, you've never read it. If you, when you read it, you freak out. Certain passages go, what just happened there? At a lodging place along the way, verse 24, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. But Zipporah, his wife, took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. I mean, at least the Bible's interesting. You know what I mean? People, I've heard so many people say, it's just not boring. I'm like, you really haven't read it. Can you get this in the middle of the night? Moses is finally on board, like gets the kids, talks to the father-in-law. Father-in-law gives his blessing, got the wife, got the son, got the donkey. We're rolling. And they stop for the night. And we don't know if it was like an illness that Moses was just overcome with and he's about to die. I mean, he's about to die right there. And his wife is like, oh, man. You know, they never take their responsibilities seriously. I'll do it. Fine, I'll do it. And she gets the sharp stone, the flint knife, and she circumcises the son. And she takes the foreskin and touches Moses' feet with it. Most translators say it wasn't the feet, it was something else. So for some reason, the son had not been circumcised. And... I don't know if Moses had been either. Moses forgot to take care of some details. You, you ever hear someone say this, like the devil's in the details? You try to make change in your life, man, the devil's in the details sometimes. Think about it. You know, well, I'm going to change my, we'll, we'll go back to the eating habits. Or we could talk about changing your finances or, or whatever. It's, I'm going to change my eating habits. Um, when I go grocery shopping, I'm just going to stock up on a few bags of chips in case people stop over. <laughs> There's a little detail. Does that, is this going to help you? No. You tell your friends, B-Y-O-B, bring your own bag of chips when you come to my house. We don't have them anymore. Whatever your thing is, it doesn't matter what your thing is. You're trying to get out of debt. You're trying to change your financial situation. But you keep your credit card because of emergencies. Liar. <laughs> well, you're lying to yourself. You're like, what's an emergency? No, it's not an emergency. It's not an emergency. I mean, it was like blood gushing and people hemorrhaging. That's an emergency. And guess what? They take you in. They don't ask for your credit card. That, 
No, we fooled ourselves, but you say, oh, I want to make change in my life. No, not, not, not really. And this is the thing that has to happen for all of us. Real change is painful. Everybody look, real change is painful. And oftentimes, oftentimes, this is human nature for all of us, we don't change until there's pain. <laughs> um, the other thing is this is a very private situation. So you can start to make the change, which is how most of us change. We, we like try to be nicer. We're like polite, you know. And, uh, you know, our, our girlfriend's leaving us again. And so, oh, okay, I better start. I better get my act together, start being nice. But this doesn't change. How long is it going to last? A while, but not long. Because this hasn't changed. All change, first of all, is here, internal. And then it works its way out. So... If you try to make changes, but you haven't changed here, eventually it's going to happen. So whatever you're trying to change in your life, it always has to begin here. It's a determination that's the change of the heart. So like in Galatians, it says, um, it's not circumcision is not of the flesh. It's of the heart. What was Paul saying? He's saying what needs to be changed is the heart. This is a story, as bizarre as it is, about God going deep into Moses. Why? Because the only change that will ever really, 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 really last is change that is deep. And dare I say, sometimes painful. In Proverbs, it says this, it takes a painful experience for us to change our ways. This is painful and private. And guess who does it? His wife. You ever seen this? A CEO of a company. He's a big shot. But he's a jerk and everybody knows it. You ever seen it? Big shot, but big shot. And everyone around him kisses his ring and other things because he's a big shot. He's the CEO. He's like, but everybody knows he's like kind of a jerk, kind of a jerk to people. And no one can talk to him. No one can tell him. Or maybe you're just a middle-aged man and you're just grumpy. And no one can talk to you. Because you're just grumpy. And you just snap back at him. You have quick comebacks. And so people just avoid you. But Zipporah is willing to go there. To the private, the painful in the personal spot. She's willing to go there. You know, I've seen over the years, a spouse will say things to you that no one else will say. Is this true? Someone really close to you will say something that no one else will say. But boy, if you happen to be married or have a spouse or someone really significant, I mean, they will, and, and it will hurt. Will it hurt? Yeah. Well, they say, well, they didn't say it nicely. That's not what I asked. That's not what I asked. Well, they should work on how they say it. That's not what we're talking about yet. Let someone else counsel them that. Was it true? Yes. Did it hurt? Yes. Were they willing to go there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes some, some person in your life will say the thing, will go, she went there. She just walks out. She throws a knife down. You're a blood mess. There Moses said. 
He didn't take care of his responsibility for his son. He brought all this damage to his health and to his family. This was a critical moment. You know, and the more I thought I was going to overlook it, I thought, no, I can't. This was, this, this was in some way, this was the last piece before the big drama begins. And I think this is the one a lot of us overlook. After a while, we get good enough at faking it in society. You know how to say yes to your boss. You know how to say yes to the right people. But this hasn't really, really changed. The, the, the cutting of the foreskin and the, and, the, and the cutting of the sun, it's like the death to Moses' ego. What's the one thing that we don't want to die? Our ego, our persona, our Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful. They're going to know the real me. Let me just tell you a couple things about the real you. First of all, first of all, ready? We already know. <laughs> Don't we? Don't we already know? It's only you that think you're fooling us. You don't, you're not fooling us. We know. We know you're a little messed up in there. That's okay. I'm a little messed up in here. I'm not trying to get more messed up. Amen. Or something. Hey, yeah, I'm not trying to get more. I'm not trying to become a worse person. Are you? But, but what dies is the ego. That's the thing that you're trying to project to everybody. This, to me, was the, was the slaying of Moses' ego. He's got nothing left. It's all God that's going to shine through now. Or as Paul said in Galatians, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Galatians 2.20. And one of the most powerful thoughts in the entire Bible. I don't live anymore. Christ lives in me. The ego is gone. The ego, man, dies hard. Uh, yesterday, we're, <laughs> we're trying to teach Charlie. So, you know, you, you, you build the ego up because it's a whole thing. But you build it up and then you got to kind of tear it down. Right? So, like, when she's little, like, we race. We go to, we race. And Charlie always wins. Yay, you won. She jumps up. So, we, we, you know, she's four. So, like, she's got to start losing now. And she doesn't have, like, a, a brother that age to beat her down. She needs one. Right? <laughs> if you ever see one, just tell her to give her a trip, tripper or something like that. She needs, she's got way too much princess and stuff. You know, everything's cupcakes and rainbows. Uh, she needs a little Flintstone in her. You know what I mean? So I'm like, that's it. She's not going to win. So the other day I beat her in a race. Meltdown. Complete <laughs> meltdown. It's never happened in her life. And I said, once in a while, you're going to lose. It's just going to, once in a while. <laughs> yes, you lost and I won. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't handle it. Could not handle it, you know. So the other day, she's playing Vicky and her, Vicky's mom and Charlie. They're playing like a little card game or something. And then, and then, you know, we're trying to weave it into normal life. So they just let the game go. And as it turns out, the cards didn't fall her way. It was a complete luck game. Vicky wins first. Charlie has a meltdown. Her mom wins the second game. Another meltdown. And then they start to have a talk with her. Like, look, honey. So Vicky gets her inside. Says, honey, look. You know, you don't always win. That's how life is. Sometimes you lose, and you have to have a good attitude. And I said, uh -uh. just like mom after she loses a hockey game. <laughs> hard to lose. Isn't it hard to lose? This is, look, 
Because your ego, that's all it is. It's just taking a cut. How could Paul say, I die daily? What does that mean? It certainly could not have been talking about his physical body. He was dying. What was dying? The ego. Doesn't it hurt when, you're, doesn't it hurt when your spouse says something to you that's true? Or a good friend? Oh, they're right. You don't ever go, you're so right, I need to change. Whoever leads with that. You don't lead with that. You're nuts. What's, you, you got problems. You're talking to me. You got problems. You should hear yourself, right? Who, who leads with that? That's where I go. Me. <laughs> you. You're a disaster, right? Huh? No. I'm close. I'm finding my way in there. It's a change. What's the change? God's only making you better. God's only making you better. You need to know that. All that old foreskin stuff, that's all. The stuff is just not the best to you coming out. You need, to, you need to know that God has beautiful designs for you. For you to blossom and flourish like you, don't, you can't believe. But the cutting has to happen. They used to call it when I was in school like a cut down. Remember that? Am I that old or... Has anybody ever heard of that? I know, it's it's not popular today. That was a cut down. But what the idea of a cutting is significant because it cuts. It hurts. This is the wound that heals, friends. Mark it down. It's the wound that heals. Nobody wants to get wounded, right? You don't go around just trying to wound people. But what you need to know as the receiver sometimes, sometimes, is that's what needed to happen. So that you could be set free. There's so much good in you. There's so much good in you. And if you can just let that ego die, just let it die. Man, we love you. Can I just tell you that? We do. We think you're awesome. You don't have to put any of the extra stuff on there. Just the way you are. And God wants to do this so that he can completely set you free. So you can finally change, finally. And guess what? When that ego finally goes, I mean, this was the last, this was the last thing for Moses. Now he can... Now he can do the thing. Now he can be God's man. He's not perfect by any means. But it was kind of the last thing. What's killing us today? Our hearts that haven't been circumcised. Our hearts that haven't been changed. What's killing society? People's Hearts, you make more laws, make more. Yes, yes, sure. But at the end of the day, the thing that always has to change is here. That's why the scripture says that above all else, guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. Everything in, in your heart springs from, everything in your life springs from here. Your words, your thoughts, your actions, it all comes from here. This has to change. You have to kill the thing that's killing you. 
The ego is not the real you. That's the projected you. As long as you're just intent on propping that thing up. You remember when I used to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace, and my grandma's plastic fruit bowl? That's what a lot of people try to do. They try to be like, I'm so loving and so full of peace, and they got plastic fruit duct taped all over them, and we know it's plastic. We all know. Just go ahead and be grumpy, I guess. No, I mean, but you, 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 with the real fruit, it just comes out. It's like, man, that's genuine. That's genuine. Let God, let God reinvigorate you from the inside out. Let the other stuff die. You got to kill the thing that's killing you. And you got to let the people in your life that love you the most. I'm, I'm closing here, but just, just think about this. Um, Guys, can we do that King of My Heart song that you did earlier? And then we'll come back to this at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, if you really, really want to change your life, you have to let people go there. Somebody's got to be allowed in. That's just the truth. And what our tendency is, we just protect our heart from the good people and the good messages and the good stuff coming in. We're so defensive. <laughs> I hope you never forget Zephora. She just walked in there. Moses, I'll take care of you. Yeah, I got to do it myself. You got to, she's going to barge in. You got to cut through. You got to get in. And I've seen some of those people like this, tough as nails people, they push everybody back, but somebody can get in. Their mom or their grandma can get in. Huh? I remember I was having a really bad year, really bad year. For me, it was, I don't know why. Just, I was in Bible school, and I think I was just thinking about throwing in the towel on the whole thing. And I, was in all, I used to be in all these like leadership positions, and it's, it's all... Ego stuff, right? Like you're the president of this, and oh, you should be the president of the school or the, the president of the student body or whatever, the, and you know, run for this. And I just wasn't feeling anything, you know? So I was withdrawing from everything. And, you know, usually people just focus on the outside stuff. This is what, well, then you could do this for us. So I never forget this one professor. He started with all that stuff. Why did you drop out of this? And why are you not doing that? And then he looked me in the eye and he says, I guess what I'm trying to say is we care about you. Bango, he got me. Then he got me. This and that and everything else and GPA and student body, none of that got through to me. I guess what we're trying to say is we care about you. Are you okay? Boom. Cuts through. That's the thing that changes you when the message cuts through. So I want to do this song together. The king of my heart. Right? And I want us to stand and do it together. And I want us to sing it with all of our hearts and say, you know what? God, reign in this. Let, let the old stuff go. Let the ego die. But you, Lord, be the God. One of the things I always wanted uh, Orchard Grove to be was a safe place to struggle. That's one of the things I always wanted. Because everybody does, you know. It's okay. Everybody has a shadow side to them. Everybody. So we just acknowledge it. 
You know? It's there. But we're all growing. Otherwise, you become plastic, you know, and the whole experience becomes plastic and fake. But don't run from the pain of the reality, as hard as it might be. Don't run from it. Doesn't mean you're a bad person, but sometimes the cutting has to come. Don't resent the people who do it, whether they were polite or not. It's not really the issue. The truth is the truth. And if someone's doing you a solid favor, then just accept it as that. We, gotta, we had to have Moses at the top of his game. And we need you at the top of your game. So open your heart. Don't be defensive. Don't be defensive. Dear God, be the king of our hearts today. Rule and reign in our hearts. Cut away the crustiness. Circumcise our hearts today. So, God, we can live freely and fully for you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Happy Sunday, Orchard Grove. God bless you.